Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm too lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. That we're going to get anyway has already passed through, and the rest of it's going to move north of us. I think that's what the minute ago when I looked at the weather map it looked like anyway. Maybe later this afternoon, I don't know. Anyway. For now, it's clearing up a little bit. I know it's not raining in here. Amen. We are so glad today to have Pastor Matt Tuttle with us. He is, uh, if I started going through the resume of all that he's done in ministry, we'd be here for a while, and I want him to have some time left to teach. Uh, I know he's uh, just some high points. I know he has served as a missionary to uh, the Netherlands, uh, Holland, one and the same. I was a little confused about that my first time over there, but Netherlands and Holland are the same thing. Um, uh, we've had the opportunity a couple times to go over. Uh, the first introduction, Brother Tuttle invited my wife and I to come over, and we've been able to go back a couple times. And so, uh, beautiful, beautiful nation over there. Sister Monk is actually, what, how many days away? 11 days away from leaving to go over there for two months as an AIM worker. And uh, we're excited for her. And uh, thank you. I know many of you all have given already. Uh, toward the offering that we're going to be giving to her to help her uh, be able to go over there and do ministry. Amen. Uh, so anyway, Brother Tuttle served as a missionary. He has served on uh, leadership roles in youth committees. Uh, he has uh, preached Friday Night Youth Congress most recently. I know many of our young people were there. Uh, amen. You can't measure a miracle. Great sermon. And also now is the pastor in, at uh, Vider in Vider, Texas of a great church. And uh, we are Honored and blessed to be able to have him here today. He ministered yesterday morning, as I stated, and did a great job in ministering to, the, uh, to us as uh, the leadership and the ministry that we're here. If you weren't able to make it yesterday, I uh, want to encourage you. I, don't, I think Brad, I don't know if they got it posted yet. I think I know they're going to be posting it. This afternoon it'll be posted. And uh, if you can, no, if you can't, if you, yesterday was if you can. All right, from now on you can, all right, but you will be able to now. It's online, you can, and whenever you have time, I'm asking you to make time to watch that. It's something that we all need to hear as leaders in the church, amen? So without any further ado, we want to thank Brother Tuttle for taking away from his family, although Lewis is here with him, and uh, maybe Lewis will wave at you all later on. I don't know, he's in Sunday school right now, but uh, we're glad to have Pastor Tuttle gave up his time away from his church to be with us today. Could you help me right now? Let's welcome Brother Tuttle. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Thank you. To God be praised, and thank you for being here today. You can be seated in the house of the Lord, and we'll turn to Psalms chapter 30, verse 10, three verses of reading in your hearing, and as you're turning, I want to say what a high honor, great privilege it is to be with you, saints of the Most High God, and uh, how blessed we are to be known as God's children, to call the creator of heaven and earth, Father, and be known as his children, and I, uh, I honor you for being here this morning. Thank you for your, your love for God, and thank you for your love for your, your leadership. We're very blessed with Brother Pastor Staten, Sister Staten, Staten family, known around the apostolic movement as people of faith, who, uh, revival, who love this apostolic message. I'm thankful for truth, amen? I'm thankful I know the truth. 
not only do these people know the truth, and there's, there's a danger in only knowing the truth. You've got to love the truth. And you won't die for something you know. You'll die for something you love. Amen? So there's a lot of people that know it. They just don't love it. And the way you love it is if you buy it. Because there is a price tag linked to truth. Amen? And uh, what's the price? Everything. All your heart. All your soul. All your mind. And I feel like I'm with people today that love this truth. And your pastor, his family, they love it. He is my friend. And the older I get, um, the more I realize the value of true friends. You cannot make it alone. It is not God's plan. Amen. We got to have each other. We need each other. And uh, a great friend is a valuable asset, and I glean more. I get, you know, you get a relationship where you feel like, man, they're draining me. I know I'm giving out. And then that's how he feels about me, I'm sure. Amen. Because <laughs> I know that I have benefited more from our, our friendship than, than he has, and so you are blessed. And I thank you, the great saints. Church without the people, it'd just be a bunch of pews. Just me and Brother Staten here wouldn't be any fun either. Amen. I mean, it'd be fun. But it's a whole lot more fun with everybody in the house. And look at your neighbor and say, you look good today. Ooh, I think I saw a married man not tell his wife. I'll give you another chance. Now go ahead and tell the neighbor you had to ignore to tell that neighbor. Now their feelings hurt. Tell them, say, you look good today in the house of the Lord. Amen, 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 amen. Hear, O Lord, and have mercy upon me, Lord. Be thou my helper. Thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. To the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. I will teach you for a few minutes or preach. I I don't know. Uh, I will not be silent. Look at your neighbor and say, I will not be silent. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Help me to do a great job. We have, uh, um, I'm going to tell you, you guys are blessed with great preaching. It's kind of intimidating sometimes, you know. I mean, we're, let me just put it this way. We ain't be go- we're not going into the depths of revelation. Uh, we ain't going to be having filet mignon. We're just going to go through the McDonald's drive through Maybe there's a little Happy Meal toy in there you could use. And we'll splash around in what I like to call Tuttle's Puddle. We don't go deep. We just stay shallow. Every once in a while, you got to come up for air, you know. I like to go deep, but I also like to just splash around in the puddle. So, uh, amen. My boy came in last night. It was funny. He said, Dad, there's a puddle outside. He said, it's not real muddy. Can I get in it and play with it? <laughs> I said, that's a true Tuttle for you right there. Amen. So hopefully we can play in the puddle and not get too muddy. We're going to culture we're in is trying to silence everything, silence righteousness, silence the voice of God in our, our lives, silence holiness and thoughts, and uh, never before we've been in such a, 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 especially in America, where we are to be silenced. The scriptures say in Genesis chapter 1 and 1, it's a good place to begin, that in the beginning God created the heavens and earth, and the earth was without form and darkness and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. It is here that we have a problem where we see that God's creation is dark and void. Void meaning chaotic and and, and a mess. Now the God I know and serve is not a God of darkness. He's a God of light. 
He's also not a God of chaos. Scripture says he does things decent. He does them and desires that they're done decently and in order. The, the study of my body lets me know that he does things orderly. The study of creation lets me know that all things are done in order. And yet the second verse in after he's created darkness is consuming the earth. And the earth is in chaotic mess and total disaster. So obviously something had to transpire between verse 1 and 2. It is here most theologians, and if I say something that your pastor disagrees with, he'll correct it. He's right and I'm wrong. Uh, I'm not saying it definitively, but most agree that between verse 1 and 2, at some point, that's where Satan was cast out of heaven into the earth. And because of his arrival into the earth, chaos and darkness came into the earth. And I just believe it to be true because any time he's had any access in my life, it's been nothing but chaos and darkness. Can I get an amen? I said it's been a mess when, God, when Satan gets in to your life. And so because John 1 and 5 says, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declaring to you that God is light. In him is no darkness. And so we see here that Satan is active in the earth uh, and there's a void. And I'm thankful though that there is a solution to the darkness. There is a solution to the chaos. And the solution is that the spirit of the Lord moved. The spirit of the Lord moved. More than ever before, in the darkness of our society, we must have a move of God. Someone said, Pastor, I, I want, I want I'm, my life's a chaotic mess. And maybe your, your life is a mess here. My marriage is a mess. My kids are a mess. My finances are a mess. Let me tell you, the only solution for that is to have a move of God. And I have learned in order for God to speak, I have to be willing to let God move. Somebody said, well, I don't know why you guys jump and shout and roll. Because there's nothing more powerful or creative than the motion combined with the sound. God moves, and there's some, I've learned that i got to move. Sometimes i got to move things out of my life. i gotta, I got to move people out of my life uh, because, come on, if God, look, if God had to move to make something happen, don't think you can just sit on your pew like a dead pimple and your life change. Don't think that you just can, come on, this isn't a lottery system where God picks your number and all of a sudden magic happens. No, friend, motion with sound brings transformation. And today, I believe in the Holy Ghost. Uh, we're going to have a move of God. I said that's our desire is to have a move. If God has to move, we have to move. And the move of God, his spirit moving, it is a setup for what happens next, which is his voice. Amen? A lot of people want God to speak. God, just say the word, and he can. But he cannot speak into chaos. He will not speak into disorder. So move it out. Get it up. Get it in line. Amen? And then he speaks, and he says, let there be, and there is. And everything that he speaks, and everything changes when God's word is spoken. That's why I got to get to church. Somebody said, well, I'm a believer, but I just don't go to church. That's kind of a modern philosophy right now. But uh, uh, it's impossible. You, you cannot say, I believe, but I don't go to church. I, I have faith, but I don't go. It's impossible because how do you get faith? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. And how shall they hear without a 
Preacher, we're not just in a building with people that have common interest and theological ideas and like the same kind of music. We're here because our faith needs to be charged. I'm in the house this morning, and I say, preach, preacher. And it doesn't even say he has to preach revelatory truths about facts I've believed in my whole life, and my mind explode. He said little Tuttle can come with his puddle, and he can preach to you, and out of that, your faith can be filled. So this morning, you can have your faith filled because you're in the house of God. You're in the house of God. Aren't you thankful you're in the house of God? I, I got a preacher, so preach on, preacher. Fill my faith up. I, 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 need, I need faith to make it. To, come on, in him I live and move and have my being. The just shall live by faith. You can't live if you don't have a preacher. You can't live without God's word in your life. I'm thankful. Oh, you ought to give God praise for the preached word. It is through the foolishness of preaching. He said, I've chosen. This isn't one man lecturing. This isn't a political speech. This isn't a motivational message. This is the source of my faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Aren't you thankful for your faith and your source of faith? And as man is created now, of course, he spoke, speaks everything man created by the hand of God. And out of the ground in verse 19 of Genesis chapter 2, out of the ground the Lord God forms every beast of the field and every fowl of the earth and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Adam spoke, and what he spoke became. Here we are thousands of years later still calling him what he called him. This is the power of man's voice that God put into Adam. That whatever man spoke, it had lasting effect. I said he just, sometimes God just brings things to your life to see what you'll say. Well, I'm never going to be happy. Yep, you are, you're right. My kids are never going to get right. Yep, you're right. My wife's a total mess. Yep, she's going to stay that way. My husband, come on, somebody. Come on. I know you can't say amen too loud because you're sitting next to her and she, oh, she's watching on the live stream. But men, what you say matters. And it has lasting consequences and effects on your future and those that follow you. You are the priest of your home, Daddy. Let me just talk to you because there's a void there in our, in our generation of men. I know you're attacked by Hollywood. I know you're attacked by liberal society that says you're to be silent. You're totally demeaned and your role tore down. That's an attack from hell because hell knows if I attack the man. Come on. If the man starts saying life, if the man says we're going to prosper, we're going to have a great marriage, you're a great child, you're going you're to speak those things. Hey, you are the priest of your home. What's the responsibility of a priest? They're to preach. Come on, the reason you don't have no faith in your home is because you're not doing what a priest is supposed to do. That when the door closes to your house, your pulpit is your dinner table. And when, come on, at your dinner table, priest, preach, speak it, say it, say, we are going to be a mighty move of God. We're going to be a, you know where I got the Holy Ghost? I got the Holy Ghost at my house because I had a daddy that spoke it. We had moves of God. We had moves of God at family devotion, and it ought to be that way at every house. Come on, you got the power to speak into your home. Speak it. Power of life and death is in your tongue. We say it all the time, so use it. Amen. And so it is that one man's voice defines things for generations. And this is the power of a man's voice. And when we get together 
together and we begin to echo and we begin to speak together, it multiplies that effect. One can put a thousand and two can put 10,000. I was at this men's conference. I go to these men's conferences. They're so awesome. I got to go hear great preaching so I can, you know, my faith can get fed. And I was there getting preached to by this guy. Man, this sucker knew everything. I mean, smart, real smart. Like he's speaking in Hebrew and Greek and Chinese a little bit. I'm like, man, you know, I like Panda Express, but I don't speak Chinese. And so he's got all this big, long formula figured out how many angels there were in the heavens. I was like, ooh, man, I wish I knew that kind of stuff. All I got is Genesis 1 and 1, you know, little word, nothing here. He said, so there were this many, and then he said, so that means there's 100 million demons. I'm sitting there thinking, that's a lot of times. I think I've met them all. I think I personally have met them all. But man, just being the little simple guy that I am, I'm like, okay, 100 million demons, how are we going to take them out? I'm always up for a fight. I'm like, okay, we got 100 million devils. How are we going to destroy 100 million devils? I thought, well, one can put 1,000, two can put 10,000. So just basic math. I mean, I'm not into calculus. Don't get that. <laughs> just basic math. And I said, you know what you come up with? Keep multiplying it by 10. Six. All you need is six people. Six people can put 100 million, that's pretty amazing, ain't it? How many we got in the house today? How many we got? I, I know I'm a little off my nose, but if you got six people, well, I'm, I'm see, I didn't just come to attack, see some people, I'm coming against the, the prince of, I'm not just coming against the prince, I, let's go ahead and kick them all out. Let's go ahead and take care of every demonic force and everything that's coming against your family. How about that? How about today we just take care of all of it? Because old things are passed away. All things. You have the power to change everything in your life. That's why you got to at least get six of you together. Now, I have noticed. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to a funeral, but how many handles are on the side of a coffin? Six. It takes six people to carry one dead person. So the math is this, and I've observed it to be true in my 39 years of living for the Lord, that for every one deadhead, it sucks six out. Mm. I'm off my notes. But for every person that just sits there in church like this, it takes six of us to carry you. The saint, come on, so if you got two dead heads, it takes 12. If you got three dead heads, it takes 18. If you got four, you just sitting on the pew being silent. The same six people that could be kicking hell in the face, you're sucking them up just by being dead. Hey, friend, it's time to say, I will not be silent. Get me up and say amen because I refuse to be the dead weight in the body. I said, I'm not, hey, look at your neighbor and say, you don't have to carry me. I'm going to kick the devil in the face with you. You ought to get with six people right now. High five six people. Come on and just say, let's kick hell in the face. Come on, high five them and say, let's give the devil a bad day. Well, I don't believe all this sound stuff. You know, this guy's just trying to get us to respond. 
I don't think sound matters. You should just go have a little conversation with the walls of Jericho and, and try to convince them that, that sound isn't powerful. They were, they were, oh, they were wishing the people of God wouldn't shout. Mm. Go ahead and ask Abraham. Go ahead and ask Moses. Go ahead, go ahead. Say, hey, Moses, does it matter? It matters. You got to talk to the rocks. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to talk to it. How do you activate water out of the rock? You got to speak to it. What is the water that comes out of the rock? It's symbolic of what? The Holy Ghost. Come on. So when, how are you going to activate the Holy Ghost? That's called speaking with other tongues. I don't think speaking with other tongues matters. Go ahead and ask the rock. Come on, somebody. Oh, I want to do it another way. Guess what? If you try to do it without speaking in tongues, you don't get to go to promised land. I got somebody that can be a witness to that. You got to open up your mouth and you got to use your tongue. Yeah, ask Gideon. Ask Gideon with this 30,000 men whittled down to 10, down to... 300 men. How are they, how are they going to fight? You can be seated. Man, I love that you stand, though. I mean, I have to stand the whole time. And I want, I'm going to let you sit if you promise to stand back up. See, now, in Jesus' day, he sat and people stood. You know that? But it's changed now, and the, the pulpit's the slave to the pew. You get a padded pew now. You're welcome very much. Gideon. Oh, Gideon, ask him if it don't matter. He, he'd say, yeah, sound matters. Got his, got his 300. Matter of fact, how did they pick out the 300? Y'all remember? I thought we was in Bible study class. Y'all supposed to know the Bible. We're going to have a real long sermon if y'all don't read the handbook. Hey, how did he get the water? How did, how, did, how did he get picked? Because they used their tongue. And the guys that were using their tongue, he said, I can take them into battle because sound matters. Sound is very spiritual. It is very spiritual. He brought them out, and they're going, and, and, and he says, let's all get in here. We're going to put a, a candle under a pitcher. We're going to hide the light. And for a little while, he had them confused because he said, just be quiet. Being quiet, man, that's not, that's not something I enjoy doing. That's why I'm not much of a hunter. Um, I'm seeing my brother's deer and everything, you know, and my family's all hunter, and I'm trying to get into it because my son, is a, he loves to hunt. But for me, hunting's a major problem because they only hunt the deer when it's freezing cold outside. And so I've always got a question. I'm like, are the deer dead in the summer? Like, where do the deer go in the summer? And why do we have to hunt them when it's negative 1,000? So I'm out there, you know, but I'm, I'm from Texas down where, I mean, where I'm at, everybody hunts. It's like, you're not a man if you don't hunt. So I was like, oh, God, I got to prove I'm a man. So I'll go get this camo. And he sends well, my, my brother-in-laws, they're going to take me, you know, to induce, just be, make sure I'm a man. And they're like, they send me the list. They're like, okay, you're going to need thermal underwear. I thought, oh, boy, when is this starting bad? Then you're going to need a little buddy propane heater. I'm like, I got thermal underwear and camo and a little buddy. I'm, oh. And then they said, you got to get gloves, like get the real warm gloves, they said. I'm like, oh, Lord. I think, it's a, I think really the, I think the glove manufacturers are in with the hunting people. They really are because, you know, like you just get all this stuff. And then you got to go out, and, man, we go out, you know, and we get into the, I got my, my now if I'm going to go hang out for two hours or three hours or what feels like eternity in the freezing cold at four in the morning, I'm bringing Doritos. 
I'm just bringing my Doritos. It's going down like that. And I'm going to bring a Coke. I'm bringing Doritos and a Coke. You're like, at 4 in the morning? Yeah. Yeah. At 4 in the morning. That's what I'm going to do. That's just what I do. That's how I do it. I'm serious. I'm not kidding. I'm really not. So I'm out there, you know, in the deer stand, and my, my brother-in-law's sitting there, and he's, you know, sitting there, and all of a sudden, I just open, I'm opening up, he's, oh, Matt, what, be quiet, I'm like, open my, my coke can, Gideon had a different strategy. He, come on. All the, I can see all the guys like my brother-in-laws. They're like, I mean, there's only 300 of us. There's 300,000 of them or whatever, many nights. And he's, everybody's like, shh, get in. Gideon's like, no, 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 no. Throw the picture down, shine the light, and shout. The soul of the Lord, get in. And they're like, what? He's like, yeah, you've been hiding too long. Go ahead and let the devil know right where you're at. Go ahead and let the enemy know right where you're at. I've been sitting on my pew, hunkered down, hoping the devil don't see me. Let me just get by. Let me have another good week. Oh, oh, just please don't mess with me, devil, today. Today it changes, and I say, I will not be silent. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to shout. I'm going to dance like I've never danced. And if you will lift your voice and if you will shout, he will give you the victory. I said he will give you the victory. I'm not going to hide anymore. I'm not going to hide in my cave of fear. I'm not going to hide back in suppressed in anger. I'm coming out. I, high five your neighbors, say, I will not be silent. Mm. First thing you find about God, he moves and makes sound. First thing, we, I, I believe I'm in a united Pentecostal church. First thing you hear about Pentecost is that on the day of Pentecost, they were all together because we're united Pentecost. Amen. They're together. And verse 2, and suddenly there came a wonderful feeling. And suddenly everybody sat still. And suddenly they counted the rosary. And suddenly they said, Hail Mary. No, and suddenly there came a sound. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou heareth the sound thereof. So is every man. That so is every man. So is every man. Well, I'm just the silent type. Friend, you can't be silent. So is every man that is filled with the Holy Ghost. And they were all filled and all made sound. Somebody said, oh, that was the wind. No, there was no wind. There was the sound of wind. Oh, what would happen when we could just make some sound, make some noise, let the devil know you're alive. Come on, there's two ways you know someone's dead. They don't move and don't make noise. And some of you, the devil's thinking he's done one. But I've come with a message for the gates of hell to let them know I'm alive. I might just be barely waving my hand, but I'm alive. It might not be the shout as loud as it used to be, but I'm alive. And so we understand our power, and we understand that the fact that we make noise has nothing to do with the fact that we are Pentecostal. It doesn't. It's not that we're the genre of Christianity that's noisy and crazy. There are not different genres of Christianity. Well, I'm this brand, you're that brand, I'm that brand. There's only one. 
were Christians. At Antioch, they were called Christians. And Christians, and let me tell you why we shout, because the Bible says shout. Let me, not because I'm a Pentecostal. I don't shout because that's my brand of Christianity. I do it because it says it in the Bible. I don't live holy because I'm holiness Pentecost. I live holy because I'm a holiness, because the Bible says be ye holy as I am holy. I, I don't believe in one God because I'm a oneness. I believe in one God because that's the only way. There are not multiple genres. There aren't multiple brands. There's one Lord. There's one faith. There's one baptism. There's one one God and Father above all, through all, and in you all. There's only one church. There's only one door. There's only one way. And this way is that way. And if there's anybody that has a revelation of the power of your voice and the power of sound, it's the devil. I said he knows well. Just go in. My friend, Pastor Staten, him and I, we've been into these cathedrals in Europe. And there's signs on the door. I was raised there my whole life. I've been into St. Peter's Basilica. I've been to the Notre Dame Cathedral. I've been in more cathedrals than you can count. And every one of them, you walk in, for the most part, there's a sign that says, shh, please, be quiet. You go in, please, shh, shh, shh. Quiet it down, quiet, quiet, quiet it. That, that has been the mission of Satan from the beginning. He said, I'll kill Jesus. Silence him. That's what he wants. Spirit of oppression that comes into our churches. You can feel it. It's tangible some places. I'm thankful it ain't here. But you know what I'm talking about. You go in the church and you're like, man, if I shout amen, everybody's going to look at me. Silent. He'd, he tried to, he said, you know what he said in Isaiah chapter 14 and 12? If you got that put up there, sometimes they don't believe me. They think I make things up. Isaiah 14 and 12. Okay. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground that just weakens the nation? God said, I'm going to kick you out. He said, here's what he said. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend, I will go up. See, Satan's spirit and attitude is, I have to, I have to go up. That there is more power as I elevate my position. That's not true. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend, I will go into, I will go up into heaven, and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. See, Satan's first message, he said, I'm going to go, first he said, I'm going to be like God. Now, Satan, you can be seated. He, he never said, I like that I have to say you can be seated. Most of the places I got to say, you got to stand up. Now, I got to say, there's a few of you, I got to have to say it. You're going to need to stand up in a minute because I'm going to get a little, you know. And, 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 and he said, I will be, first thing Satan says is, I'm going to be equal to God. He never said, I'm going to be over God. It's the spirit of socialism that says we all equal. There's nothing to say. Come on. Satanic. It's satanic. I'm just going to be equal. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. Ooh, you sound just like somebody else I know. His name starts with an L called Lucifer. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. I, we are, we're the same. No, we, we might all be the same, but there's definitely order and position. The prayer of heaven is, thy kingdom come. Now, last I checked, a kingdom is a government, and it's not a democracy. That means there's a king, and there's an order underneath that king. And I thought you were to pray, I am the servant of the Lord. He's the master, I'm the servant, meaning that I have a subservient role and I am in the kingdom of God. And if God says it, I do it. 
Satan had to figure it out the hard way. He said, I'll be equal. He, he wasn't trying to get over God. He was just trying to be equal to God and said, ain't nobody going to be my equal. Pow. And that's what I found out with that satanic spirit that says, ain't nobody going to tell me what to do. You know what normally happens to those people? They pow. Kicked out, fall down. So now Satan, in between 1 and 2, as I believe, of Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2, he falls into the earth. His, his spirit of rebellion is the same. And so now he says, I will ascend to the heavens and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. The devil said, I can't be equal to God, so I will be over the stars of God. So who are the stars of God? we got to go to Revelation chapter 1 and verse 20. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 20. We're going quickly. I know I've only got a few minutes. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 20. Look at your neighbor and say, it's shallow, but next week we got pastor. It's going to be okay. The mystery of the seven stars. Here it is, which thou sawest in my right hand. And the seven golden candles. The seven stars, here they are, are the, look at your neighbor and say, they're the angels of the seven churches. Okay, who are the angels of the seven churches? Pastors. These are the pastors. And Have y'all ever seen an angel? You get to see one every Sunday right here. You're like, oh, I don't believe that. The word angel means messenger. And when, come on, whoever gets up from behind that pulpit, it's not some three points in a whatever. It's a message from God. Oh, man, if we could ever get that into our spirits, that what is being preached across that pulpit comes from, that's what the scriptures call the the pastor of your church, unto the angel of the church, unto the messenger of the church. That means when we get up, come on, when the man of God, oh, I feel a resistance there. But I'm, so I'll just, you know what I do when I feel, feel a fight? I just stay right there. I'm, I'm not afraid. I'm going back to Texas tomorrow. Uh, I, I'm going to tell you, when, we, uh -huh. when, when the preacher gets up, it ain't his opinion. It's the voice of God, and that's how it has to be received as the messenger from heaven. That when he said it, come on. When it's said across that pulpit in accordance with the word of God, I receive it as God's message to my family, to my body, to my mind. If he says you're going to be healed, that wasn't Pastor Staten. That was God. If he says you're going to be blessed, get up and be blessed. If he, if he says you're not living right, ooh, I knew you were going to stop clapping. You need to start living right because it's the voice of God. It's the angel of God. And we must understand that Satan is constantly trying to silence the pulpit. Every time your pastor rises behind this desk, it is a war that takes place. I said there's a war. There's a, a war between the stars, between the angels of God and the, and the princes. It's a battle between the throne of God and the throne of hell. He said, I will establish my throne. He wants to rule, and he's ruling in a lot of places. He silenced a lot of pulpits. You want to know the problem with America? The problem is not in our politics. The problem is in our pulpits. When it's no longer defined, oh, come on, somebody. You go back in your history and you find America. It was established right here behind this desk. Morality was defined not in the legislative branch in Washington, D.C. It was defined right here behind this pulpit where a man is to be married to a woman, where there's to be holiness and righteousness and separation, where abortion is and right that's got to be declared from behind this pulpit but shh, 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 shh. preacher don't be silent preacher don't be silent 
It's a, oh, it's a fight. Right now, right now, what's going on is a fight. I'm fighting against, come on. We're fighting the battle is between the throne of God and I'm fighting for the pulpit. If we lose the pulpit, we lose our family. If we lose the pulpit, we lose our nation. If we lose the pulpit, we lose our future and our destiny. There's a battle. Hey, you think you got it hard? You say, oh, you're deifying a man. No, he's not God. He's God's man. He's God's angel. And when he stands up, I want you to, you think it's hard? There's no battle greater than fighting for the throne of God for that pulpit right there. Am I telling the truth? It hits you and it never leaves you. Constant on you. Constant like a weight that you can't get out from. Am I right? Sometimes it manifests in fear, anxiety, depression. And he tells you, am I right? Every time you step on this pulpit, let me tell you, y'all don't know this, but I'm going to tell you what comes into his mind. There's a demons. They stand right here. And there's one that stands right here. And every time he steps off this pulpit, and if I'm lying, he'll say I'm wrong. He says, they're all going to leave and they're never going to come back. That was the worst message you ever preached. And then how are you going to pay the bills on the $3 million building? You, you were a little too hard today. You probably ticked off. Am I right? Every time, right? You sit down in that car. Am I right? Every time. Every preacher I've ever interviewed, and I've been doing this a long time. Every sermon I preach, no matter how great I maybe thought it was before in my office, I felt the anointing. But that, that, come on. And so they capitulate, and the pulpit capitulates to hell. To pacify the pew and to satisfy but it's not pacifying the pew it's pacifying the enemy and it's come on for we cannot wave the white flag you do not negotiate with the well here here devil i'll give you my joy if you'll just let me have some peace he said okay i'll take your joy do you think he's going to turn around hello I said, do you think he's going to be like, okay, you gave my joy. I'll never bother you again. No. There's only one thing he will be happy with when you are dead. Dead, burning in an eternal, damnable hell. We do not compromise. We do not negotiate with terrorists. We do not negotiate. No. You don't get to have my joy. You don't get to have my peace. You don't get to have my happiness. You don't get to have my son. You don't get to have my daughter. You don't get to have my hallelujah. You don't get to have my shout. You don't get to have my clap. You don't get to have my dance. You don't get any of it. So when the man's preaching, he's not just expounding on theological facts. He's fighting back the throne, come on, of hell. And that's why you have to fight with him. No, 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 Nehemiah in chapter 5 and 13, Nehemiah is rebuilding the walls, trying to establish walls. 
And that's where the enemy really gets mad. When the man of God is trying to build a wall, you better be, ooh, here's what you do. And so I took my lap and said, so God's sake, out of every man from his house and from his labor that performeth not this promise, even thus be he shaken out and emptied. Does it say it in your Bible? And all the congregations, when the man of God says something true, all the congregation says, says what? You preaching with the preacher isn't you just making him feel good. He's going to feel. Somebody said, I said it last night, yesterday. Oh, you're going to get too proud. Trust me, those two devils are going to take care of that. You ain't, you're not a manning the man. You're a manning the word. You're, you're letting the enemy know he's not alone. I said, you're letting the enemy know he is not alone. He is not alone. Isaiah, go back. I, I don't have it in my notes. Isaiah chapter 14, 13. Go back. It's Bible study. Look at your name and say, it's Bible study. We can chill a little bit. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne. So I will. Hmm. He said, if I can't get the, and he can't, because I know this man. He ain't going to get that pulpit. Now, he might get some other pulpits of compromisers who are going to capitulate and give in and not going to preach a holiness message, not going to preach a praise and message, not going to preach a oneness message. But this man is going to fight. Amen? And so the throne of Satan comes against the pulpit. He says, I can't get him. So then he says, I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation. If he can't have his voice he's coming for your voice I said and, and I have preached in many a pulpit where I've preached to people where Satan has established his throne you know how I know it's been established it's silent there is no congregation saying amen because you're you're agree or two or three agree you see when you begin to agree you link in if any two agree as touching any one thing Come on. You become, you become as anointed as, as right now there's a, there's a vertical anointing taking place from heaven down here. Under the, when, the, when the man gets up, anointing begins to go. <laughs> Amen. As the voice comes forth, it transfers from heaven to you. Goes horizontal. This is what's happening right now, every time. Anointing. And it's coming out. It's coming out. I'm off my notes, but I'm in the Holy Ghost. Here we go. It's coming out. And, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Don't say nothing. Just sit there. Shh. Boy, he's trying to hurt you. Shh. Oh, you've heard this before. You know all this stuff. I mean, little Texas guy, he ain't got nothing on you. You're from, you're like up close to D.C. You're smart. You don't have to see. You just sit there. You, 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 you don't need nothing from some southern dummy. Go ahead and live there in that attitude. But if you say, amen. Oh, y'all cool with doing a little church science experiment? Go ahead and sit down. Let's do a little church science experiment. I mean, I got till 11, they said. I'm, I normally don't go this long, but I get to burn all my, t all my time up. I'm going to say something that's completely true, and you will agree with it. But here's what you're going to do. You're going to, you're going to boo. You're going to say, boo, no, can't happen, impossible, it's not good. Try it, try it. Say, boo. 
Impossible. Okay. Okay. Watch. Watch. Okay. God is able. No, no, no. Boo. He can do anything. If you're, I know it's hard, but do it. I'm do, this is for science. This is in the name of science. You can stupid things in the name of science. He can heal your body. Boo. Set you free. Deliver you from cocaine. Put your marriage together. Does anybody feel faith elevating to the stratosphere right now? Now, there's a crack addict that just came in in someone's marriage that's broken, and they're sitting on the back row, and they heard that there was people here that had the solution for their problem. Then what do you think they're thinking right now? As I preach up here in red face, sweat pouring down your pastor's face, saying, God can set you free. Boo, boo. person on the back row is going, I knew it was true. That dude's just out for my money like my cousin told me he was. No faith. Now we're going to continue, and I'm going to say similar things that you're going to agree with, perhaps exactly the same things. The same person sitting on the back addicted to crack. The other one's marriage is falling apart. They've come with needing God, but you're going to say absolutely nothing. You're going to be completely silent. Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay. God can do anything. Nothing is impossible. He can set you free from cocaine and crack cocaine. He can put your marriage back together. He can do anything. There's nothing he cannot do. Do you feel the atmosphere changing? No, a matter of fact, the atmosphere with silence is the same as boo. Because silence is not silence. Silence is an election. See, my dad, see, I remember the first time I turned 18, my dad was more excited about it than I was because he got another vote. And I, I'm not going to get into politics, but in my family, if you don't vote, you don't get to go to the Thanksgiving dinner table. And if you don't vote a certain way, you definitely, then you're sitting outside. And, and you don't, I'm not just talking about president. I'm talking about dog catcher. So my dad, I mean, I was raised in Europe. He's mailing his ballots over from overseas. So I'm now in America going to Indiana Bible College. There I am, and I'm turning 18. It's late at night. It was election day for some stupid local election that I didn't care nothing about. I mean, I'm 18 years old, working two jobs, going to college. I'm tired. Dad calls some in the morning his time. He says, hey, son, did you go vote today? I said, no, man. Dad, forgot. I said, but it was like mayor. It's not a big deal. I said, and at least I didn't vote for the wrong guy. And dad said, when you don't vote, you vote for the wrong guy. He said, silence is a manning the other team. So now let's complete the science experiment for the sake of science. And since I'm a church scientist, I'm going to say the same exact things, meaning there's no new revelation coming to you for you don't agree only when it's new. You don't amen your preacher just because it was, oh, wow, that's great. I'll reward him with a clap. Man, that was so good. I might even go to the altar. You're welcome. <laughs> you come into the altar, don't do jack diddly squat for him. Matter of fact, you don't even go to the altar to get stuff. You go to the altar to bring stuff. And the reason people don't come to the altar is because they don't want to bring nothing. Mm. Whole different lesson. We'll get that. I'll probably never come back. I'm going to do it, and I need everybody. Now, if you ain't going to participate in the science experiment for the sake of science, I need you to go ahead and just step out in the foyer and get another donut. But for the sake of science, I need you to go ahead and participate in this awesome science experiment. And I'm going to say the same exact thing, so you ain't going to hear nothing new. It's just going to be true. And you are going to go banana crazy with agreement. You're going to say, amen, I agree. And the people on the back row, they're still sitting there watching. All right? God can do anything. He can set you free. He can deliver you from nicotine. He can put your marriage back together. Nothing is impossible. 
Nothing changed. The only thing that changed was the congregation and the, oh, what would happen if every time we got together, we said, hell, you're not going to silence the pulpit and you're not going to silence the pew. I will not be silenced. Preacher, preacher, you don't have to blow my mind. We got to blow up hell. Hey, stop worrying about your mind, your feelings, uh, and preaching theologically wonderful examples and say, I'm just here to kick hell in the face. I'm here to tear down the stronghold. I'm here to bust up every kind of thing. You're the man. You got that. I got this. We're in it together, baby. We're in it together. So you know what? Now that you know there's a devil here and a devil here, you ought to make it up. Ooh, you ought to make up your mind. Devil, I'm taking your place after church. Pastor, you got it, baby. I got your back. I got you, man. Nothing's. Oh, come on, somebody. Because the last thing he needs is devil's ambassadors tearing him down even further. Are y'all having fun or y'all want to quit? I got nine minutes. Y'all want to use the nine minutes or y'all want to? Jesus is tempted three times, right? In the, in the, in the desert, he's tempted. The stone, be make it to bread. Worship me, cast yourself down. He comes off the mountain. Where does he go out of temptation? Right into church where you should go <laughs> after you've been tempted. Anybody been tempted this week? I got three honest people and the rest of liars. <laughs> That's why I'm in the house of the Lord. Devil been coming against me. I, here's what I do, devil. I don't stay home when I'm going through hell. Jesus went right up into church. They didn't want him, so he went to another church. And, and, and Luke 4 and 28, and all of them in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath. The, he went into church, started preaching, ticked people off. You wouldn't like Jesus as a pastor. Then he goes to Capernaum. There he says, saying, and, 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 and now, so he's actually, t there's a fourth devil that you, I got to point out. So say, he, he tempted him here in the wilderness three times, but there's actually a fourth one. We don't ever talk about it. And he comes down and goes to the city of Capernaum, and he taught them on the Sabbath days. Keep going. And there was astonished doctrine and his word with power. Look at your neighbor and say, you got power. Okay, keep going. They're like, boo, this guy can preach. Powerful. And in the synagogue, there was a man which had a, a devil. See, the devil, see, he'd been messing with the devil up in the, in the wilderness. Now he's coming against the fourth devil, the fourth devil here that he's going to, this fourth spirit. And he cries out with a loud voice, verse 34, saying complacency. Be quiet. We want God, but we do not want you to touch where we live. Stop trying to force me to be different. Stop trying to ch shut up and be quiet. That's the spirit of complacency. Complacency is the spirit of silence. Just be quiet, preacher. Just, man, just be up there, preach your little message, take my ties and go home, man. Drive your car, live in your house, and chill out. 
Leave me alone. You ever felt that about the preacher? Yeah, you have, because I have. You're probably feeling it right now. Like, my God, am I going to have to stand the whole sermon and shout? Yep, you're going to have to shout and chant all day when I'm here. I'm going to have to come back next year just to give you a year to recharge. We don't, we aren't silent. Now, to the other devils, to the other devils, he said, it is written, it is written, it is written. He had a theological discussion. But to this devil, he says, this devil says, I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. What does Jesus do? They keep reading. They won't believe me. And Jesus, Jesus did not draw up and did not have a theological discussion with the spirit of silence and compromise. He said, no, here's what's going to happen. You're going to leave. Get out. Get out. Get, and the spirit of complacency has to be confronted by the voice of God and say, we will not. We will not. We will not be complacent. We will not be complacent. We will not be complacent. I'm done. I'm done. You know, Judas, you can never find him worshiping. You know who doesn't have a, a voice box? You can Google it. A snake. Snakes are silent. They never say amen. They can't shout. Mm. Old Judas, you don't ever find him praising his high priest. The only time he makes it. He ever lifts his voice and stands up for anything with social justice. Oh, I'm going to get in a little trouble here, but that's okay. I, I live in trouble. <laughs> if it wasn't for trouble, I wouldn't have a job. Because when your marriage is in trouble, ooh. So you think, I'm, aren't you glad your preacher's not afraid of trouble? I said, aren't you glad your preacher's not afraid of trouble? When your kids are in trouble, you bring them to your preacher. When your body's in trouble, you bring it to your preacher. When your church is in trouble, you bring it to... So the preacher's never afraid of trouble. He lives there. He said, this money that was given, it could have been... Get, I, he's standing up for the poor. I'm not saying we shouldn't take care of the poor, the fatherless, the widows. Absolutely. However, our left and right hand aren't supposed to be knowing what's going on, meaning the thing we should be silenced about is our social justice. A YouTube video on you're doing good is not in the Bible. Mm. How come you're being loud about what you do socially, but you're silent about what you do spiritually? Here I am. Here I am out on the street. Here I am giving this homeless man a donut. And you know who I've never seen with the video is the homeless man getting the donut. He's never like, here I am, poor. Oh, look at this sweet person giving me a donut. It's embarrassing. Imagine you needing a donut. Imagine you needing a car and somebody, and come on, putting it all over the internet. But it's a spirit of pride. That says, I can't shout with the preacher, I can't amen, but all, look at all the good we do. Look at all the homeless people we feed. Look at all this we do. Look at all, I'm not saying we shouldn't do it. I'm saying what we should be loud about is the oneness of God. What we should be loud about is the truth. We should be loud and YouTube. 
This is me. This is me giving my God praise after I just found out I lost my job. This is me giving him praise with my hands because my feet are sore. That's what you've got to be loud about. And I have made a mount. Come on. I'm going to be loud about Jesus. Yes, we're going to take care of the fatherless. Yes, we're going to take care of the widows. Yes, we're going to care for the orphans. But we're not going to get up and brag about it because then we get praise. What we're going to be loud about is Jesus. What we're going to give him praise about is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Give him praise. I said give him praise. You can't censor the church devil. You can't sigh. Oh, go ahead and kick us off Facebook. Go ahead and ban me off of Twitter. But as long as I've got breath, I said as long as i got breath, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. I just wonder if I got, if I got honest people here today that could say the devil has come against me this week. My mind my family, my spirit, anybody. All right. Get with five people right now. Get with them. We got two minutes till I got to quit. I won't preach this long the next time, maybe. This is like mingle. You can get with seven. It don't matter. You can get with eight. Just don't be with three. Oh, I don't need the church. That's why you keep battling that spirit. I don't need nobody. That's why. Come on, lady. You got to have your neighbor. She, he's got the vessels. All right, y'all ready? Oh, preacher, what devil are you going to prophesy that we're going to cast out today? All of them. I'm a get it all done kind of guy. I'm not, I didn't come. I don't have that. Man, I wish I had that gift. Be like, Ooh, you're battling the spirit of... Ah, I'll just take care of everything at once. Let's do it. Y'all ready? I said, are you ready? Come on. So whatever it is that's been coming against your mind, it's going to be, we can free that right now. Are you ready? Now, how do you think we're going to do it? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to hum Kumbaya in decibel level one. No, we're going to go and try to hit 100 decibels at least because we're going to let the devil know like Gideon's army. We're going to let him know like Moses. We're going to let him know like the walls of Jericho. We're going to let him know like Jesus looking at that demon-possessed man and say, get out in the name of Jesus. Uh, here's what you do whenever you feel the Holy Ghost or just whenever you feel it. Uh, you lift your hand, and by just fact that you're holding hands with the person next to you, you're going to lift their hand. Uh, you lift their hand, and you lift your voice. Uh, you begin to speak. Speak in tongues, shout, hallelujah, Jesus. I don't care what you do, but you declare it in the name. Oh, you just say, Jesus, we will not be silent in a generation of silence, in a generation that is burdened with fear. We will not be silent. We're going to give him praise. We're going to give him glory. We're going to lift our voice. Here I am. Here we are. Oh, Satan. Oh, every demonic force. Oh, every spirit of evil. Oh, every wicked thing. We come against you in the name of Jesus. We take dominion and authority over you in the name of Jesus. You are bound. You are bound. You are bound in the name. 
Woo! Come on, as you begin to feel the walls of Jericho crumble, as you feel the water spat up, come on, uh, the drops of water from the rock beginning to run down your face, uh, as you begin to feel faith elevate in your heart, uh, you ought to begin to give God praise. Uh, I said you ought to begin to give him praise. Uh, oh, yes, uh, I bless you, Lord. I give you praise. Uh, you are worthy of glory and honor, power uh, forever and ever. Thine is the glory. Thine is the power. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Come on, one more time, everybody lift up your voice together. Every devil in hell, we drive out of this building. We drive out of our community. We drive every demon out of our homes. That complacent spirit, you got to go. We will not be silent. We will not be silent. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, every spirit of suicide be driven out of this building. Every dark spirit of depression be driven out of this building. Every spirit of anxiety be driven out of this building in the name of Jesus. Come on, lift up your voice. You've got a voice. You've got a voice, but you've got to use it in the name of Jesus. Rebaso torolobo seata ye korolobo seata. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah, I will not be silent. I pray they never put a sign on this church that says, shh, shh, keep it down. We, we want to be, see the enemy cloaks it as reverence. It's not reverence to be silent. The, the Bible says there's going to be a few moments of silence in heaven. It's just going to be a few moments. That's why we're all getting our bearings together. We realize, hey, I made it. And then after those few moments of silence, there's going to be praise and there's going to be shouting and there's going to be joy and there's going to be happiness. Amen. 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 We're going to, we're going to enter into our worship service. The doors are being opened. Sunday school students are coming in. Amen. But I challenge you. Let's just, what we just, all right, science experiment. Let's put this hypothesis that we just learned into practice. Amen. And let's enter into our praise and worship. Don't sit down and be silent. Let's be a part of what God is doing in this place today. Amen. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. 
I'm gonna wait on your shit. 